Yo ho ho, it's time to go Back to the dungeon far below There's arriving time to die some dice Oh Grab some fun Yeah It's time for It's time for You know it's time for those crazy teachers in the dungeon Hello everybody and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon I'm Tom Gross and Right across from me, here in the dungeon, is Dan Ream. Good morning, Dan. Still here. Yeah, I said good morning because <laughs> it is morning, and it was a little chilly walkover today. Yes. A little white on the ground today. Finally, yeah. Yeah, it's two weeks late. Based on this recording, it's two weeks late. Should have come two weeks ago. We would have had a nice white Christmas. <laughs> yes. But nonetheless, that's just the way. That's just the way it goes. So we are in a new year, and we were just talking beforehand. We have survived. 2023, because one year ago, approximately, the OGL debacle <laughs> dropped. And it just felt like Dungeons and Dragons was going to fall into the abyss. Yeah, and, and not, not the fun abyss that you go and adventure in. Right. Yes. <laughs> not not fun adventuring abyss. The uh, one of death. But we've survived. We yes. we're not associated with Dungeons and Dragons no. or Wizards or anything like that. But we, as a community, we've survived. Yes. We've made it. Yeah. And our conversation before we started recording was basically, you know, we feel like the diversification of what people are playing now is larger, which I do believe about a year ago we had said, yeah, if anything comes out of this, it's positive. It's going to be that people are playing more games and more diverse games. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, again, if we were on the, uh, the checkbook of Wizards of the Coast, I don't know that we would be feeling the same way. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, we're an RPG podcast. We talk about how RPGs help in the classroom, help people what think kinds of things that we learn from it, things like that. And so I think good has come from it. Maybe some self-reflection on the side of Hasbro um, as to, you know, what this community is like and how voraciously loyal we are. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really plan to talk about that, but it just was on my mind when, yeah. we, when we turned on the mics here in the dungeon. So I thought something I'd, we can take stock of at the end of the year is <laughs> how have things gone? Yeah. Both both officially for Wizards of the Coast and then in the community as a whole. Right. Right. And you know, by the time we got to Gen Con, I, I didn't hear any talk of the OGL or anything like that on a on like a common basis. No. You know, there might have been some just remarks here or there from the companies that are potentially going to benefit from that debacle. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, I'm, I'm all for the diversification. Well, a week ago, we talked about our plans for 2024. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sort of previewed that we have pretty much a schedule for the year of how mm-hmm. we're going to break the show down. And if you've listened to that and you have some thoughts, let us know. I'm going to take this minute also to bring up, if you are listening on iTunes through Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening through Spotify let us know what you like about the show. Put some comments out there. Um, it's reinvigorating for us, but on a more, you know, as, as teachers, we never 
want to toot our horn. <laughs> we, we just like to go about our business quietly and, and, and do what we do. So it's a little hard sometimes to say, tell us what you like about the show. Not only just for us, but also for people who are looking for, you know, maybe a new community in the RPG world, a podcast that they're looking for. The comments that you make on those shows are much more valuable than the things we say about our own show. Mm-hmm. And so there's a place for each episode on Spotify where you can interact with us and you can leave comments for us. Um, and then I know that you can leave comments on Apple Podcasts. So get out there and do that. We'd like to hear from you. All right. So today is our first scheduled program. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, episode in our ep- series. Episode. There it is. The word <laughs> series is the word I was looking for. Yeah, it's the first episode in our series of what we've learned. Mm-hmm. My list mostly comes from Dungeons and Dragons because that's primarily what I play, but it could be what we've learned from DMing or being a game master. Right. Sorry, yep, DMing that's our is, first yep, that's our first episode today is yeah, what we've learned about DMing. Yeah. Or from DMing, we've kind of kept it wide open. Yeah. And and I mean, well, you and I are coming at this from very different I I shouldn't say very different, but from different approaches in the sense that You've been around the game much longer. You've been involved in it much longer than mm-hmm. I have. So I came up with this idea just because I felt like I, I started as a newbie. I mean, I was DMing within three or six months I was of say, playing. <laughs> no more than six months, yeah. And now after a few years, I feel like I'm no longer a newbie. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might be interesting just to take stock and share you know, from a journey like that. So sure. I, I realize if, if, you know, folks who are listening who are veterans like you, there might not be anything new, but I thought it might be interesting just to have the, the viewpoint of someone who's fairly new and, and is there to, as I'm discovering the game, mm-hmm. um, it might, I don't know, bring back memories or something for other people. Yeah. I mean, even if it is something that, that is like, eh, yeah, I know, I know that, I know that it just validates it validates mm-hmm. the things that we do that we feel like are good and they feel like they work. It's nice to hear that other people follow these same strategies or procedures as well. So, um, and it might be a reminder, you know, sometimes you, you fall into a rut as an experienced DM and it's nice to hear fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it might be something that, that we knew, but we're like, oh man, I really kind of got away from doing things that way. Might not be bad to get back into that. So do you have any thoughts? Any, did any theme pop out at you as you were putting yours together? Um, I had I had a theme that I was like, oh, man, I really feel like this is shaping up to look like this. Did anything jump out at you? I, there's probably a theme in here. I didn't identify it as such. I just have mm-hmm. a list of four principles. Okay. Yeah, I, as I was putting mine together, I realized that what made me think of it, of the theme was, I kept thinking, well, that's that's being I'm, I'm doing I'm saying one thing but then in, a, in the next sentence I'm saying something completely opposite and I'm like well okay so here's here's what's happening is I feel like the theme in my list is is just balance there's a mm. balance to being a DM and finding that fence line to walk so that you're not too much this way you're not too much that way you know you don't want to be a I'm gonna direct traffic and I'm gonna tell you where you're going but then sometimes you don't want to be, well, where do you want to go? And cross your arms and look at the players. You know, you want to still have something for them to grab onto. 
Um, so balance, uh, you know, contradictory. Today is today for me is the day of lost words. <laughs> I can't find where. I, I can't. So as I was putting this together, I was finding contradictory um, statements in myself, and I think that was leading to the idea of that you you want to find a nice middle ground. So I'll stop right. there. It's like the force. That's right. Or the force. Taoism. Yes. Meditation. Yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Getting all spiritual on us. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> we need that in January. So the first thing I've learned as a DM that seems like duh is know the rules. <laughs> know the rules of D and D. But and here's the balance. But don't feel like you have to memorize the entire book. So what mm-hmm. I wrote down and what I'm what I'm thinking is always be a scholar of the game. You know, when you're sitting down to prepare, one thing I often ask myself is, is there anything new rules-wise that I might be introducing to the game today that I may not know how to do? Case in point, when we were doing the Salt Marsh adventure, there's a potential for you to be involved in maybe some water combat. I went to the Dungeon Master's Guide and looked up how does how do casting spells underwater work? How does swinging a sword or a mace underwater work. Mm-hmm. And so and so I, I read through that section before going to the game. Now, we ended up not using it. I've kind of forgotten about it. But the nice thing is I know where that is. Right. And I've got a basic idea of how that works. The other thing when it comes to rules is if I don't know at the table and our group that we play with, our group is really good about this. I can usually toss it out to the, just to the camp, I mean, to the players. I mean, don't be so, you know, be humble a little bit as DM sometimes and, and tell them, I, I don't know how that works. Does anyone at the table know how grappling works? Mm-hmm. And if everyone's kind of like, nah, I don't know, then I think it's perfectly fine to, to save t- to keep the game moving rather than, well, let's look it up in the rule book. If everybody can agree on, I think this is how it would work. Let's do an opposed strength check. And if this person wins, and then, you know, I know one, it, when we were playing in Chris's, the chaotic campaign, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ravnica, we were trying to figure out in grappling, can you still, what was it? If you're grappled, can you still do something? I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of decided as a group, yeah, I think that you would be, you know, just because you're grappled doesn't mean that you can't move your hands, you can't move your head. Right. And so we allowed something to happen. I don't remember what it was. So be flexible with rules, but at the same time, know the rules of the game yeah. because it just it keeps the game moving. Well, the first of my four principles, I, <laughs> I got a little bit uh, – off the rails with this, so bear with me. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen, well, I think we've talked about this before, but the the cooking shows, Iron Chef or Hell's Kitchen or Top Chef, and one of the terms I learned I did not know before I watched those shows is something called a mise en place, oh. which is a French term, obviously. Mm-hmm. But all it means is is when a, a chef gets his knives opened up gets the utensils that he's going to need, everything placed where he needs them okay. or she needs them. So that's my first one. Uh, what I've learned about DMing is to plan like I'm setting a mise en place. Nice. <laughs> so because I, I realized I, you know, to get ready for a session, I need to refresh my knowledge of the world's history, 
particularly since I'm doing okay. a, a homebrew, I better know where the connections are because no one else and there's no book to go to. Right. I need to have a pile of NPCs ready to go, depending on where we're going to be. I need a pile of monsters. And I need at least, I, for myself, I need at least two settings because I've, I've tried to get in the habit of making sure there are choices for, for the party. And once I've done that, then I feel a little more confident. And then my second little thing about the cooking analogy is uh, be prepared to add ingredients in an unexpected manner. Oh, Because I nice. never know what order th- I might need things. But mm-hmm. if I've got things set out where I can find them, it's easy to shuffle through the monster cards. Okay, that one will work for this situation. I thought they might go oh, here. Yeah. Here's a couple of monsters. This one will work. Mm-hmm. And... So that's that's one thing I've learned. I feel like that's the right balance of the right amount of preparedness without overdoing it and stressing and railroading. I, I feel like hmm. over-preparation in my instance can lead toward railroading. No, I've planned okay. this. You have to go that way. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, there's almost an emotional... No, this is the story I have in my mind, and we must live it out. So if I keep things more in components, then who knows what the recipe will mm-hmm. look like. Yeah, I love... What's the term again? Mise en place. Mise en place. Yeah. And it literally is, in French, put in place. Put in place. We have a student DM in our game club who is the, the visual definition of that... Behind the DM screen, <laughs> she has every everything has its place, and she has the neatest behind the screen <laughs> setup of anyone I've ever known. Even at the end of the game session, I'm just like, how in the world does she keep such a such a neat placement of everything? So right. mise en place. Yeah, I probably just no <laughs> destroyed it. Okay, no. well, good. I think mine mine sort of sets up goes well with that one. And mine is the thing that I've learned is I don't know how this works when you homebrew because I've never homebrewed anything. So this might just be for people who are wanting to follow an adventure that's already written, whether it's a wizard's one or a third party one or something like that. Don't forget to use your resources when you're preparing. Um, there's a lot of times I sit down with a piece of paper, a notebook, and I have nothing around me, and I'm and I'm starting to plan the session, and I find myself going, well, I don't know about that, and how would that work? And I'm like, wait, I've got the answers; they're all in the bookshelf right behind me. <laughs> and so, using the Dungeon Master's Guide, using the Player's Handbook, using the supplemental guides, mm-hmm. if you're using an adventure, have that out. I mean, that again, that's my second item here is probably a dull moment, but use those resources. And I find when you're using those resources while you're planning, you don't need to have your table full of books when you're playing. You've got a <laughs> mise en place. You, have, you mm-hmm. have a very clean set behind your screen for rolling characters, for having monsters there. And, and I think it works well with what you were saying because if you've done the planning and used the resources and you've got it in plan, then then the gameplay is, is where the fun happens. Mm-hmm. So then there's a shift there, going back to my theme of balance. So I've used materials, I've used resources to build and plan my the next session. 
then when I sit down to play that next session, if things go off track, if things, you know, go unexpectedly, I roll with it because I, I'm prepared. And I think it just, it, it, it makes it easier for you to be able to step back and go, okay, wait a minute, not where I thought this was going, but let's roll with it. Let's, let's go have fun with it. Cause I'm prepared. I know what the story is and I know where I want it to go. It's just, they're going to take a different route to get there. And that's perfectly fine. So use the resources in planning. Let the game play while it's playing. So my second one, my second principle is, and a lot of these do, I, it may not seem like it overlaps, but I think the last thing you said kind of resonated. My last is, or my second is death is a part of life. Nice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's okay to let, to allow PCs to die. It's okay to allow essential NPCs to die. The through line for this show from the very beginning was we wanted to share mistakes. Because as teachers, we know that mistakes help you learn. And so this is speaking from my own mistakes most of the time. Is It ties back to, no, it'll wreck the story if if this character dies. And learning to let go of that. And that's something that's that's a work in progress for me. I have an online game that I run and people should have died. Mm. And it was because of some poor decisions. Okay. And I I pulled my punch. I was going to ask if you nerfed a little bit. Okay. I did. I did. And I re- and and to be honest, this is where it was interesting. One of the players kind of called me out in the midst of it oh. <laughs> because he saw it was happening yeah, and said, don't you go easy on us. But by that point I'd already kind of committed to a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I did. And hindsight, I probably shouldn't have, Okay, I shouldn't have done that. That's something I'm still learning. That is a weakness for me is comes right down to it. Kind of a bleeding heart. And I hate to, I hate to see I was going to say hate to kill characters, but mm-hmm. just like in teaching, when I, when a kid says, are you going to give me an F? My reply is, I don't give grades. Mm-hmm. I simply reflect right. to you your performance. Right. You earn whatever grade. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same here. It's not me killing characters. It's characters dying because of faulty decisions or bad dice rolls. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, yeah. And I need to, I need to man up on that. I, I struggle with that quite a bit. There was a time in college when there were people I didn't want to keep playing in the campaign. <laughs> they were just disruptive. They were not interested. They were more interested in drinking uh, alcohol mm. than than playing. And so I, I admit I killed characters there. But generally, I, yeah, that's not something that feels good to do. No. And, you know, way back when in the pandemic, when we had our an hour long lunch to be able to visit and talk, we, we talked about this, this topic. And I think we, what we came down to was in fifth edition, it's really hard to die. Yes. Especially if you've got a, a good team of a good diverse group of, of pl- not player, uh, of characters. Mm-hmm. Spare the dying. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. That is that is right there, kind of like your cheat to dying is, is you're unconscious. You've done two death saves. You finally get the cleric or druid, I think. Yeah, druid has that. 
and they just they cast the the cantrip. I believe it's a cantrip. Yeah, it's not even a. And so they cast it, and, and you're back. So I mean, that that helps. But even then, you have three chances to roll. You know, above fifty fifty chance. And we've actually figured out it's a fifty five percent chance because it's survive. ten and above. Oh not, right, not above ten. Oh, and so okay, yeah. even that is fudged a little bit. Finger on the scale toward yeah. survival. So, I mean, it's hard to die in 5th edition games. Not that it's impossible. Because I'll, I'll say, it was it was really gratifying. Not as like a, yes, I killed him. But it was gratifying when Arios mm-hmm. died. Because I felt like that brought the can't, like all the players... To, like that, there's there's a finality to these to some of these characters when that happened. Yeah. I mean, he had a great battle. He made a great heroic run to try to get the bad guy as the bad guy was fleeing, and it just it, he wasn't really fleeing. It was just you guys were beat. He was done. He didn't want to keep going. Ashen Malor was down, mm-hmm. but he made the heroic decision to I'm gonna I'm gonna catch this guy, and didn't work out so well. Mm-mm. But there's something to it when when a character does die in a campaign that's really invested and and I feel like again it brings it brings the people together it's and a new it, emotional level yeah. yeah and it and it adds some some really cool role play and that moment man I will never forget we were online playing when that happened and just the silence <laughs> the silence <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah I think I think we have, as DMs, we have the right to let a character die. Mm-hmm. If it's decisions, if it's just they decided to go up against something that was more superior, or maybe our character just, or our villain, or our monster, they just fought better. I mean, that's yeah. a possibility, mm-hmm. you know? Anyway, that's a great one. I didn't even think about that while I was preparing this. <laughs> so, good call. Something else I learned as my third point as a DM is... I like at the end of a game session to put the books away and walk away from the game for a little while and just think about it. Mm-hmm. But as a DM, you don't get that luxury. I don't think. I think when when the game is over, the game's not over when you're the DM. Mm-hmm. Because so much happens, and depending on how long you play, your sessions are, I don't know, and this might just be me, I really struggle during gameplay to take notes for myself. I'm more listening to what's happening oh, yeah. at the table, watching what you guys are doing, um, even sometimes trying to listen to side conversations to see like what's 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 what are they doing to plan to get me <laughs> uh, or my my monsters. But I, I really have a hard time writing down things that were said, deals that were done, requests that were made. Yeah. Chris's character Karavek in our Waterdeep campaign, he's always asking me, and I love it. He's always asking me, "Well, I'm going to go to this vendor." Or this this business owner, and I'm gonna. I, I'd like to ask him if about this. If if I can if I can trade these spell scrolls in and get these spell scrolls, what, do they have them available? I'm like, I, I said I'll, I'll have to like we'll have to save that for like <laughs> the, the. But then I forget, <laughs> and then I always text him. What was it that you wanted? And and so I think he, I mean we usually play late into the night, and mm-hmm. so usually that night is not when I'm going to sit down and do this. But first thing when I wake up in the morning, I try to go to my stuff and write down everything I can remember as far as deals done and, and all that kind of thing. Great minds think alike. I just started doing that with, again, the online mm. one that I'm DMing to, yes, to do just post-session notes. 
I just think it, it, it helps so much than when you sit down and for us, we play monthly. So, you know, three weeks later when I'm <laughs> going, oh, wait, we play next Friday. I better start preparing. So I, if I have those notes right after that, the planning that, you know, in, in, in two or three weeks later, it really helps to bring that back and, and be able to know where we're going. Yeah. Um, really top of the mind right now because we're getting ready to bring Waterdeep back and there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a lot because I also added into there a year has passed since our, our last game. And so now I'm trying to remember where did we end? What were some of the things? And then now what was it that you guys wanted to accomplish over the year while you're not adventuring? And so right. it's been a lot to try to uh, put that together. It's coming together, but it's it's taking a long time. If I had better notes of that last game session, I probably would have helped. And so mm-hmm. this is sort of, again, in progress, something I'm trying to really become uh, a student of is taking those notes after we play. Yeah. My next one is the, the, I'm kind of dropping down now to the, well, obviously a couple examples, but just things mm-hmm. that I, I need reminding of. And my, so my third principle is my job as DM. So the task for a DM is just to make sure people have fun, mm-hmm. whatever that means. And that sounds simple, but at the same time, if you really think about it, it short circuits a lot of the other anxieties you know, what if, what if I forget this rule or what if yeah. I, 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 I screwed up in our online one and had them meet a character who knew things she couldn't have known. <laughs> so I just had oh. to on the fly quickly figure out, okay, how that, how's that going to be? You know, and rather than, oh no, I did it wrong. Sorry guys, let's back up, you know, stay in the moment, figure it out, make sure that it's an entertaining experience for them. So that's that's really the main thing. The other kind of side note to making sure people have fun is managing behavior at the table. And that's not something we really have to worry about with the people that we play with. Um, no. no. Now, sometimes in our our, our game club yes. games, um, and it's not so much like bad behavior, it's more distracted behavior. Yes. And at yes. least in my exam, in my mm-hmm. at my table. Yes. So I would say, and again, the little bits that have been is that, that I would notice it at the adult games is it's a side it's a side effect of the fact that we have we don't we only see each other once a month. Yeah. And people want to catch up. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's and, and actually managing behavior when you say it that way that is tough. You know, we've talked a little bit. There there have been some occasions. You know, where phones have been out that have kind of derailed, mm-hmm. you know, conversations that aren't about the game. Yeah. But these are your adult friends. It's kind of hard to shake your finger at them and say, right. you know, I think the best thing, and actually I suppose I do this as a teacher sometimes too, is if you keep them occupied enough, they don't have time for right. those things. Yeah. So as much as you can just race past and draw people back in, Mm-hmm. simply because what you're doing at the table is more interesting than what's on their phone. I think that can help alleviate that problem. Right. And sometimes, you know, with our the way the, the game has gone, sometimes it's hard to tell when the phone is a distraction or they're using it as a tool because of D&D Beyond. Right. 
right. having characters online or making, you know, looking up a spell is really easy on Google. You just, you know, you just Google it and generally you get, you get the basics of, of what the spell does. And so sometimes it, it's hard to tell as the DM, why are they looking at their phone? And, and, and so, I don't know. I'm with you. It's it's a challenge, but I think it also depends on who are you playing with. Yeah, I, I liked your your comment on you know we're playing at a table of peers and friends that you work with, but are also friends with. How do you how do you do that? I mean, I sometimes I think breaks are nice. Yes. Um, if you kind of catch that, if you get in the vibe that people are getting antsy, a lot of phones are out. You know, we all have families. Yes. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And so so maybe more breaks, something like that. Um, but we, I feel like our, our group has really kind of created sort of a culture of, hey, if I'm not directly involved, I'm going to get up, go get a snack, grab a drink, come back to the table. Maybe, maybe you have a side conversation that's not distra- hopefully not distracting to the table. But if we're out, you know, we split the party or, and I know in Waterdeep, this happens a lot Yes, because you guys are constantly splitting off and going <laughs> different, different ways, which is fine. But I, I do feel bad sometimes because it can go half hour, 45 minutes where three of you aren't, don't do anything. And so when you're having conversations or you're on your phones and stuff like that, I don't even pay attention to it because really you wouldn't have known what's happening anyway. So, but it's, it balance. Yes. There, there is definitely a balance. Mm-hmm. Mine piggybacks on that in not so much as far as behavior, but as far as uh, what direction do the, do the players go. So I say let the players play, but still manage the table. There are a lot of things happening at the table, um, especially during and after combat. What I'm thinking about after combat is, hey, I saw a treasure test over there and I'm going to go to it. And someone that's standing right there is like, oh, I didn't see that treasure chest. Well, now who really saw it? And so you're trying to figure out like what's – and so trying to find that. um, But we want to keep things moving. Mm -hmm. Um, So so it's a a balance of, okay, we're going to still take turns. A lot of times if that's the case, I'll just – we're still in the initiative order. Yeah. Combat's over, but whoever saw the treasure chest first – who's higher in the initiative, you're going to be the first one to make your move for that. Yes. So that's, to me, I consider that uh, managing the table yeah. so that you don't have a bickering over, well, I, I saw it first or I ran here, there, and, and whatever. So there's that side of things. But then there are also times when managing the table that you kind of want things to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I go back to the Waterdeep campaign. When we're role-playing, the last thing I want to do, and I don't know, there's times I'm like, Maybe I really should shorten this. Maybe I should cut this and we should move on. But I love just sitting back sometimes and letting you guys talk it out as characters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you guys use voices. Sometimes you don't. But you're still speaking in the words of your character. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes it's fun to sit back and let you guys do that. And I would consider that slowing the game down. Because nothing is really happening. You're really putting a hyper focus on a moment of the game, but you're having fun doing it, I think. <laughs> you better mm-hmm. tell me, you guys, if you're not. <laughs> but uh, but it looks like you're having fun playing the game. It is kind of drawing out some, uh, some of the story is coming through here. You're creating relationships between your characters, which I think is good. So, again, balancing, letting you guys play and do what you need to do, but then also taking control when things need to keep moving on. Mm-hmm. I also go back to the, uh, the Dungeon Dudes on this. 
There yes. were t- I, I remember several instances in the first season where the three of them are like just well, what if we if we do this and then blah 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 and then like they'll spend fifteen minutes mm-hmm. and finally Monty will be like, "You guys need to make a decision." Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he'll start interjecting more to try to like let's let's make a decision without saying let's make a decision. I think there is that, and to, to kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna squish my my last two together here. So that's managing the table, letting the players play, but managing the table to make sure things keep going. The other one is. As a DM, I've learned that that telling the story is not my job. My job is to give you the setting, maybe give you some options of conflict, and then let you decide as the players where to go with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that I'm the best at this all the time, but it is something that when it happens, it definitely feels right. And I, I think a lot of those times, I don't know, I guess, no, not necessarily, it's sometimes it's the way I want you to go, mm-hmm. but I'm like thrilled that yes, they did. <laughs> they went the way I wanted to. And other times I'm like, okay, so I've got some punting to do here, but I like the way this is going. I, I am surprised that the Waterdeep book is of any use to you at all anymore, as much as we have gone off the rails and in different directions. And I think that's the main thing that kept me from wanting to do a published adventure mm-hmm was the fear of that, 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 you know, you've, you've introduced NPCs that we've grabbed onto and you've had to develop that aren't anywhere in that published material. We've tried to go in directions that have nothing to do with that. I mean, the setting is still there, Mm -hmm. but that book has really become more of a resource now. (laughs) Yes. It's a setting. It's yeah, it's a setting. And, uh, you guys completed, you guys completed the adventure of, of that particular book, the Dragon Heist book. We just took a very, what's the word, circuitous circuitous route around (laughs) it to get to that point. But I think it's established a really cool uh, game. I I, I think so. And so I'm kind of curious as to where it will go now from where we are. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the sitting back and letting it, letting it just sort of happen. I mean, I could have pushed and pushed and pushed, to say, no, we need to go this route or we need to go this route. But I don't know. It just it just worked. Uh, at least so far, it has worked. You mentioned the NPCs. I just have to put an aside in here. And this goes back to my la- uh, my third one is, is the game's not over and the game's over. I finally have, have reined in all the NPCs. <laughs> I've created a spreadsheet with four tabs at the bottom. Nice. <laughs> that has like allies, business associates, okay. enemies. And then I had to create one create one called the party because there's, and it was kind of cool to put together because I've got some that are like active players, inactive players, deceased players. Oh. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. become quite a long list because we've had players come and go, but then some of those players have had two characters. Well, one player has had two characters. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three, yes, that's right. Oh, that's right. I killed two of his characters, didn't I? You did Jeez. not kill two of his characters. Two, he, of, the, two of his characters his, died. Two of his characters died. <laughs> um, thank you for that. And so, it, but it's, I think, I, I think I have a handle on who all of the NPCs are, but I'm sure one of you will say, well, now I wanted to go talk to this person and I'm going to be like, who's that now? Right. <laughs> there, it, It's upwards of 50, 50 NPCs. Wow. 
that you guys have had association with and that you continue to go back to from time to time. So that's cool. But wow, did that take a long time for me to kind of put that together? Right. I, I flipped through two notebooks to gather all those names. Hmm. So the game's not over when the game's over. And my last point was let the players play. It's not your story to tell. It's their story to tell as DM. Cool. Well, I can just wrap it up then because my last one is give the players agency. Nice. And but dot, 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 but not too much. Balance. (laughs) Balance. (laughs) So, So I don't have too much more to add to what you've said. I've just got, you know, part of following all of the all of my earlier principles is making sure that there is a story at the end of all of this. Mm -hmm. There should be a story. Uh, Make sure it's there, even if it's not the one that I originally intended. In fact, it probably, as you were saying, you know, if we take all of these things seriously as DMs, it actually shouldn't be the story we originally intended. Yeah. Because you've got three, four, five, six other minds at work mm-hmm. on this collaborating and, yes and it really should go in the direct a different direction than we originally intended mm-hmm. and and i'm getting better at that you know I, I definitely railroaded you guys with the telesario one but you had if you didn't get to all those points then the map wouldn't work <laughs> right exactly yeah i mean and there's yeah there's things about that that you have sometimes for the story or for you know it all to make sense, you do have to push them or gently guide them in yes. certain ways, but that's fine. But I feel like I've I've gotten good. Uh, I mentioned already, but with the online uh, game that I'm running right now, I think it was the second session they sold out the NPC was the, that was supposed right. to be their guide and helper. <laughs> Through the, <laughs> you know, and That's earlier awesome. on, I think I, you know, there was a moment of panic and my thought, I mean, I, and I was actually sort of horrified at the cold bloodedness. It's like, who are these people that I'm playing with? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but then I thought, let's, let's see where it goes. I've got enough material to get it here to get us to the end of the session. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just see. So yeah. it is totally flipped the table over on what I originally intended, but the story that is developing is way more fascinating than what I had come up with. That's because, cool. you know, without going into a lot of detail, we've got a party of four fourth-level players who think right now their goal is to take down an adult green dragon. Wow. So, <laughs> That's a tall order. <laughs> yes. So, um, obviously, th- there's going to be some twists and turns here, but that should really not have been... You know, but but there's a you know kind of a ticking, there's a there's a, a stopwatch on them because they have to rescue somebody. Oh, that somebody okay. won't be there forever. So, mm-hmm. but but anyway, so that's yeah. So that kind of creates a, a much more, you know, there there's some urgency to that story that I had not intended. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, as a as a DM, when you do need to guide people through, that's that's a a very soft and in, and intense as the, from the player's point of view, a way to get them to get where you need to by putting yeah. a time limit on it, by putting a you know a chase or something like that to mm-hmm. where you're being chased or maybe you're chasing something and that leads it, and it doesn't feel from the player side to be 
you know, railroading. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, I'm I'm achieve, trying to achieve something here and it gets them to the next point where you wanted to get. And I was just going to make the comment of, you know, sometimes as a player, I like it when you or Chris or the DM says, this is the next place that you guys need to go. Ah, good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it takes some pressure off because there are times when, when it comes to the story and I'm like, I'm not even sure what the next thing is that I, I need to do. Yes. And it's not because of confusion in the way the, the story came together on your end. It was more like, there's so many, there's so many things that I like. We have the possibility to do. I'm not sure what the next one is. So sometimes that nudge for players is nice. But yeah. again, as DM, one thing I've learned is read the table. Yes. Um, if if they really seem to be flailing about trying to figure out what to do next, I think a hint here or there, a letter shows up. <laughs> I mean, that's that one's kind of an obvious. Like, here's my guidance to you guys. A letter shows up, but. While we want the players to feel that they have that agency, sometimes it's nice as a player to get that guidance uh, from the DM as to what what comes next. So, all right, all right, well, cool. Well, I I hope this was this was helpful for uh, for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know listening to yours gave me some reminders. I was going to say things. it was helpful for me. So yeah, I know. It's a, it's a <laughs> good thing we did this. Uh, no, but so this was a lot of fun to talk about this. The, it, it was it was good in, in reflection, especially as I'm preparing to start up our Waterdeep campaign right. again. Right. Uh, to kind of remind me, what is my duty as DM? Because it's been, I was looking at the last date, it's been over a year since we've done the Waterdeep and since I've DM'd for you guys. Yes. And so this was nice to sort of reflect on and think about what do I need? What is my job as DM and how can I be the best DM that I can be? And so hopefully other people find the value in that as well. If you did, let us know. As I mentioned at the top of the show, leave us a note on the episode on Spotify or leave us a review of what you liked about this show on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. We'd love to get uh, your feedback there. Or you can always jump onto our social media or send us an email at uh, teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. Well, Dan, I think it's time. I've got some planning to do for next week. So uh, <laughs> I get think out of here. we better uh, wrap this up. And um, and I'm going to say as our closing is, you know, as we head out, I always say, keep rolling those 20s. I'm not going to say that to Dan or the group because I don't want them defeating my monsters next week. <laughs> so nonetheless, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. For Dan, I'm Tom. This is Teachers in the Dungeon and keep rolling those 20s. <laughs> That wraps up today's session, so thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.